A very warm welcome to all of you this evening. Welcome to our memorial service. My name is David Copping and it's my privilege to lead us through the service tonight. Mourning the death of someone we love is a wound we carry all of our lives. For some of us this evening, it might be a recent death. For others, a loss dating back many years. Recent or old, it's an anguish and a heartache in need of the healing balm of God. And so this service is for you. Hopefully this service will allow us to do a couple of things. Firstly, it will allow us to remember what those people meant to us. In the Bible, in Acts chapter 9, a lady called Dorcas became ill and died. And in their mourning, her friends and family remembered the clothing that Dorcas had made. They were remembering and declaring what Dorcas meant. This is also what we come to do. Secondly, it gives us space to remember the impact that they had on our lives. I'm sure some of the memories we have, we hold with great fondness. Others may be more difficult. But what is not in doubt is that those we remember tonight have shaped us. And doing this allows us to process our own grief. This service gives us the permission we need to face the loss. Not having to bury it or mask it. And in coming together, it helps us to see that we are not alone. As we come together in community, we share the understanding that we are not alone. As we share memories of those we have lost, it encourages our hearts. So as you journey through the service, please engage to the degree that is helpful. If you wish to join in with the singing, then please do. But if you want to sit and be still, that's absolutely fine. So what will the service look like? There'll be a time of prayer. There'll be readings. Saab, one of the pastors here, will be speaking to us. There'll be songs that we will sing. And there will be times when we can just sit and be still with our own thoughts. And do use those times of quiet as we move through the service to allow us to reflect on those we love but are no longer with us. So the service will not be rushed in any way. And towards the end of the service, we will read out the names given to us of those we have been asked to remember. And after that, we will have the opportunity to respond by lighting a candle. It may be that you don't have the name of the one you were mourning on the list this evening. Maybe it's a loss that you are carrying in your heart that very few if any others know of. If that's the case, once we've read out the list of names, we will leave some space 
where you can bring those names before God in the quietness of your heart. And as we journey through the service, if emotions come to the fore, please don't bottle them up. Engage with them. Take your pain and your loss to God through this service. Allow him to minister to you, to your heart. Now, after the service, there'll be some people mingling around wearing these red lanyards. They would be delighted to pray with you if you'd like that. Or pray with the people that you are sitting around you. And after the service, there will be refreshments out, out there. So let's just take a moment of silence now to ready our hearts for this time together. The psalmist in his anguish and remembering his hope writes this in Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. We come today to remember with thankfulness those we have known and loved who have died. We give thanks for all that they have meant to us. We come seeking to learn of God's love and to open our lives to the help and strength that he can give us as we continue on the journey of life without them. We pray for ourselves and all who mourn that they would be comforted. Amen. And let me hand over to Simon. Okay, we're going to stand and sing a couple of songs. Before we do that, let's just pray to and focus on the one to whom we come the one that is our comforter. Let's, let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. Thank you, Lord, that you are unchanging, ageless. And thank you, Lord, that you are our rock, our rock of peace. And for those that need peace, we pray that you will reach out and minister to them tonight, Lord. Lord, we depend on you. And tonight we call out to you. I thank you that you're always there, Lord, and we can call out to you over and over and over again because we know that grief uh, does not pass. Thank you that you are always there. Thank you that you are our rock in times of trouble, that you lift us up when we're falling down. Lord, thank you that through the storms of life, your love is the anchor and the hope in which we trust. And so I just pray tonight as people uh, sing your praises, as they listen to your words spoken, as they listen to poems and music, uh, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bring healing, release of feelings, uh, and uh, 
peace, Lord. Thank you that, Jesus, you love us and that you are our comforter. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are our counsellor and our comforter. And we pray that comfort over all of us uh, this evening. In Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to read a poem called The Pathway of Pain. And after the reading, there'll be a short time of silent reflection. To help us, there'll be music and images, which you might find helpful. But if they're not helpful for you, please do close your eyes and allow the music to carry you. If my days were untroubled and my heart always light, would I seek that fair land where there is no night? If I never grew weary with the weight of my load, would I seek for God's peace at the end of the road? If I never knew sickness and never felt pain, would I search for a hand to help and sustain? If I walked without sorrow and lived without loss, would my soul seek solace at the foot of the cross? If all I desired was mine day by day, would I kneel before God and earnestly pray? If God sent no winter to freeze me with fear, would I yearn for the warmth of spring every year? I ask myself these and the answer is plain. If my life were pleasure and I never knew pain, I'd seek God less often and need him much less. For God is sought more often in times of distress. And no one knows God or sees him as plain as those who have met him on the pathway of pain. God of all consolation, in your unending love and mercy, you turn the darkness of death into the dawn of new life. In our morning, we find ourselves disturbed and broken. Minister to our hearts this evening, we pray. God, our refuge and strength, close at hand in our distress, meet us in our sorrow and lift our eyes to the peace and light of your constant care. Help us so to hear your word of grace that our fear will be dispelled by your love, our loneliness eased by your presence, and our hope renewed by your promises in Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, give to all who mourn a sure confidence in your loving care, that we may cast all our sorrow on you and know the consolation of your love. We pray that by your spirit you would comfort those who mourn. May the light of your face bring fresh hope into our darkness. Might we know your loving presence with us in our loneliness. And we pray that the burden of our grief would be carried by you. Give us new strength each morning to face the day ahead. And help us to find comfort in your promises. And in so doing, grant us the endurance we need.
Lord of all, we praise you for all who have entered into their rest and reached the promised land where you are seen face to face. Give us grace to follow in their footsteps as they followed in the way of your son. Thank you for the memory of those you have called to yourself. By each memory, turn our hearts from things seen to things unseen. And lead us till we come to the eternal rest you have prepared for your people through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We pray for James as he comes to read, that he would read with clarity and boldness. Father, allow the words of scripture to penetrate our hearts and help us to know your presence with us this evening by your spirit. Father, help me as I come to speak. Help me speak your hope into our hurting and broken hearts. We pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would minister to each of our hearts through your word. To close our time of prayer, let's say together the words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The readings from the Gospel of John Chapter 11, verses 17 to 44. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she said to him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews had be, who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she had got up and went out, they followed her supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, 
she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He said. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could he not, who have opened the eyes of the blind man, have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he's been there for four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said that for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Let me pray before I speak. Heavenly Father, speak to uh, us all this evening. Help us find comfort as we see more of who you are. Amen. We're here this evening because uh, we each nurse a wound in our hearts. And unlike many hurts we carry, the wound caused by death of someone we love is different. It's one that not just runs into our hearts, but it runs right through them. Uh, For some here this evening, the searing pain of loss is a recent wound. And for others, it's a pain. Stretching back years or even decades. We know that the love we have, especially for those who are close to us, is deep. But it's only when it's gone do we learn the depth and the weight of the love that we've lost. Pain is, if you like, uh, the light that highlights the scale of the love that we've lost. As we sense the very fabric of our being being torn and shredded. Our hearts hollowed out in a matter of moments and we cry rivers of tears into a blanket of despair. And in our hearts, don't we, we cry out to God all the time wondering if he has forsaken us. And those of us who mourn the loss of someone dear, we know that the pain never really goes away. It gets different with the passage of time. But we always carry it. But unlike many other wounds, 
the wound that's caused by the loss of a loved one is unpredictable in its healing. It can be unexpectedly and violently torn open. And we find ourselves ambushed by grief. Now the sound of a voice that reminds us of our loved one, a song, an item of clothing, even a familiar smell. And the steel jaws of morning's bear trap bite sharply again. And we're taken beneath the waves of our grief. And as we journey through grief, we wonder where God is in the pain. Does he even care? What are we to do? To help us, I want us to look at Jesus in our reading. John, one of the eyewitnesses to the life, the death and the resurrection of Jesus, gives us this account of the raising of his friend Lazarus, his close friend. Jesus arrives at his home four days after Jesus, after Lazarus has died, and Lazarus's sisters are distraught. They both say the same words to Jesus. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Uh, they both knew that Jesus could have stopped their brother from dying. And like many of us here, we're like Martha, aren't we? We know the theology. She knew it in her head. She knew that Jesus had the power to raise Lazarus from the tomb. She knew it in her head, but her heart was still broken. Mary, on the other hand, was just broken. All she can do is utter the same dozen words that her sister had spoken and then crumpled at Jesus' feet. And as we look at the passage that we had read from John's Gospel, it's easy to rush uh, from those moments of pain and grief to the end of the account that we had read and there see that Jesus does indeed raise Lazarus back to life, brings him into the arms of his sisters. Uh, But I want to slow the movie down and just look at Jesus. As we look at the eyewitness accounts of the life of Jesus, it's easy to see Jesus as merely human and not fully dwell on his divinity. But let's, let's ponder that for a moment. This Jesus, who's beseeched by close friends in their loss, is the same Jesus who was present with God the Father and God the Spirit before time began. This Jesus is the same Jesus who spoke and all things were created, the heavens, the earth, and all living things. This Jesus is the same Jesus who sustains all things moment by moment by the power of his word. This Jesus is the same Jesus who will raise everyone at the end of time and is the Jesus who will judge all at the end of time. This Jesus, this God-man, was the one in our reading surrounded by mourners. And Jesus knew that he was about to raise Lazarus back to life. 
And you might have expected that he would have approached the grave with steely resolve, maybe saying to the people, just watch what I'm about to do. Stop crying. But as Jesus approached the tomb where his friend Lazarus lay, what did he do? As Jesus saw his friends weeping, we're told he was deeply moved in spirit and greatly troubled. Now, the translators haven't done justice to the word they translate as deeply moved. The word actually paints an image of anger, outrage, or emotional indignation. It's a Greek word that would describe a horse snorting in rage. Jesus' indignation is not at the people, but at death. Because the world spoken into being by Jesus and revealed in the Garden of Eden didn't have death in it. And so here, the corruption and destruction of love that death causes uh, creates outrage in Jesus. In that moment, as Jesus makes his way to the tomb, Jesus knows he's about to raise Lazarus. He knows that the day will end in rejoicing. But as Jesus stands face to face with the violence that's been done by death, looks square on at death's corrupting and polluting influence on the world, what does Jesus do? What's his response? In that moment, in that place, Jesus' heart is filled with compassion. Jesus weeps. Jesus stands with the people in their sorrow and he weeps with them. Jesus feels their pain. And so for us, as we see the violence that death has done in our lives, we weep too. And that's okay. And that's okay. We weep because the pain of having love torn away from us is excruciating. And the God we worship knows what it is to hear the news of the death of a loved one. Because Jesus heard it too. The God we worship knows what it is to stand at the graveside of one we love and to weep. Because Jesus has wept there too. And the God we worship knows what it is to stare into the abyss of sorrow and cry out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because those are the words that Jesus cried out on the cross. And the God we worship knows what it is to mourn because Jesus... God's only son was killed and placed in the tomb. But death, friends, is not the end. In raising Lazarus from the dead, through Jesus, God was revealing to us that death isn't where our lives end. How can we know? Because Jesus was raised from the dead. How can we be certain of that? Because it's the best attested fact in ancient history. We may mourn now, but we know that death is not the end. Our hope, our certain trust 
is not in this life alone. Our hope, our certain trust, is in the resurrection. God tells us that for those who trust in Jesus, a place is prepared in the new heavens and the new earth where there is no more death or tears, where God himself will wipe away every tear. The God who knows what it is to suffer, the God who has experienced our pain, is the one who will attend to our wounds. He is the one who will heal all of our wounds perfectly. And so there's a tension here that we have to navigate. For us today, there is pain that we feel now. There's a loss that breaks our hearts now. There is a sadness that weighs on us now. That's today. And looking forward, for those who trust in Jesus, there is the certain promise of a resting place that awaits us in the arms of God. And the journey between those two places, well, that's not smooth. Our grief will not necessarily completely and immediately evaporate as we dwell on the promises that those who believe in Jesus have. But there is daily comfort for our souls. There is new courage for each stage of the journey. There is a strength that we are given in the darkness. And there is one promise to travel that road with us. That no matter how dark or painful the journey is, Jesus promises that he will never abandon us, never forsake us, and never leave us. If you know Jesus, then lean on him. Come to him afresh every day. Allow him by his spirit to apply the healing balm of the gospel to your heart. If you don't know Jesus, the one who can give your soul the comfort that it needs, chat with me or David after the service and come to him. Know that comfort. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the certainty of the resurrection. We pray that by the power of your spirit, you might apply the healing balm of that truth to our hearts this evening. Comfort us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to stay seated. And uh, I think there's a bit of scripture that will come up on the screen. It simply says this, be still and know that I am God. And so we're going to, James and I are going to sing this song quietly to you. Uh, as a sort of introduction to just a time where we can be quiet and meditative because it's good isn't it to hear God sometimes we pray to him but to just listen and to bask in his presence to con- consider what he's done for us and let him comfort us so be still and know that I am God Still and no. Know-
Just as we were quiet, I just felt, um, sorry, Simon, are you coming up? But I just felt there's somebody here, or maybe several, but who don't really know that God is there. They don't really know that their loved one is with God in heaven. They don't really know that there is a heaven. And God would just like you to know, to be still and to know that he is God. There is a heaven and we can trust him. So if that is you, I would urge you to find somebody to pray with, uh, to know for certain that Jesus is there. Uh, We come now to read out loud the names of those we have loved and uh, continue to remember. Once we've read the names, there will be a time of silence after which uh, I'll pray. Uh, Martin and Helen will come up to read the names, but let me just pray before they do. God of grace and glory, we come to remember before you today, especially the following people, the names of which will be read by Helen and Martin. Amen. Iris Bird Arthur Bird Tony Kingham Dylan Milsom David Bates Doreen Rimmer Lyra Lee Golden Terry Middleton Florence Strong Olive Waters Peggy Sinclair Edwin Cadle Tony Jones Tracy O'Donnell Murray Tullock Robert Redding Andrew Redding Paul Donlevy Stanley Langsman Tina Perrett David Perrett Jane Yao Bill Finley Margaret Robertson Pippa King
Carolyn Warner. Lionel Durant. Stuart Law. Steve Pashley. Josiah Andrews. Ken Tomes. Rosalind Seal. Ratan Singh. Dan Cracknell. Lee Brown. Peter Norman. David Slaymaker. Michael Norris. Brian Roach. Ruben Webb. Richard Goldsmith. Paul Russell. Araba Dweebang. Marilyn Zapparoli. David Turner. Graham Hornigold. David Pegg. Martin Smith. John Edwards. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving these ones we have loved, giving them to us, for us to know and to love as companions in our pilgrimage on earth. In your boundless compassion, console those who mourn. Grant us that we may see in death the gate of everlasting life and continue our course on earth in faith through Jesus Christ our Lord, the life and the resurrection of all who put their trust in him. Amen. As we remember those who have died and as an act of remembrance, uh, we invite you now to light a candle, uh, either at the table on my left, uh, your right, or over here on my right, your uh, left. Uh, we light a candle to remember the hope that we have in Christ, both as the one who is the light of the world, uh, but also the one who is the resurrection hope the hope which Christ holds out to all those who believe. If you'd like to light a candle, uh, please do come forward, uh, either to uh, your your left uh, or your right, um, and light light it using either the matches or the uh, the tapers uh, that are there. 
Um, and just do that as slowly as you would like. And we're going to do this uh, in silence. If you don't wish to light a candle, that's fine. Uh, please do remain seated and allow the Lord to be at work in your hearts. Let me pray. God, our Father, we thank you that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us and rise again. His cross declares your love to be without limit, and his resurrection pronounces that death, our last enemy, is doomed. By his victory, we are assured of the promise that you will never leave us or forsake us, that neither death nor life nor things present, nor things to come, can separate us from your love in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. So in Revelation 2.17, we read, And I will give to each one a white stone, and on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it. We can use a white stone to remind us of God's eternal promises made to those who trust Christ. For instance, to remind me of the resurrection promise that Saab spoke of earlier. On your way out tonight, on that table over there, there's some white stones. And it might be helpful for you to take one in memory of your loved one. Maybe it's a memory of the promise that Jesus makes to you of the resurrection. And maybe if you find it comforting, write either your name or their name on it. So just over there, please just take one. And I'm going to pass over Dave to, to David to close. That is the uh, end of our service of remembrance this evening. As I said earlier, if you'd like someone to pray with you, there are people with the red lanyards on, or pray with those who you came with. And if you didn't come up to light a candle, but would like to do so after the service, then please, I'd encourage you to do that, if you'd find that helpful. As I said earlier, tea and coffee and some refreshments will be available afterwards. And please do chat, chat about those that you love, that you mourn, if you'd find that helpful. So words of blessing to close. May God give to you and to all those whom you love his comfort and his peace, his light and his joy in this world and the next. And the blessing of God Almighty be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.